Wanya, and welcome to the Deadly Discussions podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. This is season two of the podcast, and we're so excited to bring you 30 new guests over 30 fresh episodes. Now, these episodes wouldn't be possible unless, of course, we had sponsors. And one of those sponsors is Talcha Technology. Talcha Technology is an indigenous business specializing in IT design, website integration, and app development, among other things. The name Talcha comes from the founder, Alan Holmes' great-great-grandmother, Maria Talcha, a bachelor woman also known as Queen Maria of Childers. She was a key figure in the community post-colonization and was one who always brought the gold out of people around her, both black and white. Alan aims to have his business create a legacy of bringing the gold out of everyone around him, both black and white. So it was no um, problem having Alan sponsor this because the ethics and values perfectly aligned. So thank you, Alan, and thank you, Townshire, and all the guys and girls for all the hard work and the sponsorship towards the podcast. Now sit back and enjoy this episode and make sure you like it, share it, subscribe to the channel, and uh, most of all, enjoy. Wanya, and welcome to the Daily Discussions podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison, with so thankful uh, that you're listening to this episode. Today's episode, I have the wonderful uh, Mervyn Fernando with an you know, extravagant name like that. He's obviously an extravagant guy. Um, he is the founder of Claystone Marketing, an Indigenous uh, marketing specialist who works across uh, all up the East Coast and uh, I think across Australia too, but Merv can um, share a bit more about that, You know, specializing in uh, SEO, uh, you know, marketing, social media campaigns, campaigns, uh, events, you know, promotion. He uh, does the whole thing. Uh, and also, Mervyn is the founder of uh, Indigenous Medical Supplies, um, which is an Indigenous, um, would say probably boutique, but I'm pretty sure Merv's growing quite rapidly. Um, so between those two, Merv keeps himself busy. He's also um, a father. Um, we've got some little jar jums there, which is children in our language, um, running around. So and Mervyn is based down in Victoria, but he's a uh, Curry from uh, the Kempsey area. So I'll let Mervyn introduce himself and share a bit, um, yeah, about yourself, your journey, your vision, and, uh, you know, what's the future look like for yourself, Mervyn, and the rest of the Indigenous business sector. So welcome, Mervyn. Thank you, brother, for that um, introduction. So, you know, it's deadly to be a part of your podcast here today. I just want to say, firstly, you know, this is definitely not the first time that you've provided a platform for me. You know, in fact, I have to mention back in 2018 when I first launched Claystone Marketing, you reached out to me through your company, Bunjil Energy, to support my business and to enable growth for me through Claystone Marketing. So I just want to say thank you again, brother. I'm very keen to share my story here with your viewers. And I'll also mention that when you initially launched this podcast channel, I was involved and contracted to do your logo. So I just had to mention That's that in there. <laughs> The OG. I should uh, I should dig up that old logo. Um, I think it's just my face with some colours, and I should list it as a non fungible token. You know, the first uh, those you know, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, you know, art pieces. Yeah, that's right. Bit, yeah, OG a bit, of, bit of antique artwork there from uh, Claystone Market. I'll just say, brother, look, this is something that you you know, knowing you now for the last four years. I know you as a man that um, supports, not only just supports me, but, you know, definitely supports the voices of many of our brothers and sisters within the Indigenous business space. And so, you know, this is not um, 
Uh, this is very common for you. This is not something that's new. And I just wanted to mention that. So there are viewers listening. This is something that you often do is, is and that's um, provide a platform for other Aboriginal entrepreneurs, uh, whether it be through procurement or through uh, voicing their um, uh, themselves on channels like this podcast here. So I do appreciate you for allowing me to be here today, brother, to share my story. Um, a bit about my story. I, I grew up in Kempsey, uh, as you mentioned, uh, this is uh, Kempsey is the Dungaddy Nation. Um, it's in between Coffs Harbour and Port Macquarie, a small town, population around about 25 to 30,000. So it's a very small uh, town, just your standard um, community, um, like a lot of other communities. Uh, Kempsey was a really fun place for me to grow up. Um, we, you know, obviously. Being in New South Wales, we played a lot of rugby growing up. We did just your typical um, kid stuff, you know, ride around on bikes, um, you know, get in a bit of mischief here and there and, you know, go down the riverbank for a swim, you know, all that sort of stuff that you'd do growing up. And, um, you know, having a lot of uncles and aunties around you. Um, so, you know, very, um, very immersed into my extended family up there in Kempsey. And, you know, uh, it's been... Uh, uh, a long time now being away from that community, yeah. um, obviously being up here in Shepparton now. Um, so, but I'll, I'll just explain how I got to Shepparton. So, yeah, after, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, after growing up in, in um, Kempsey, brother, I, I left um, Kempsey at the age of 18 to, uh, at the time, there was a local employment agency that was offering uh, an employment role to do some labouring yeah. in Western Australia in Perth. And they were offering free positions to um, uh, to anybody who was interested in going over to play for a struggling rugby league um, yeah. local rugby league club, and they and the, <laughs> club, the club would offer you a labouring job. And so we yeah. went over uh, myself and two other um, friends from uh, Kempsey. And how, how would they know if you're any good? They're just like, "Are you a black fella? Yeah, be <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's a standard <laughs> standard." Um, <laughs> It's just a standard black card that we all have, you know, that, that's that it, yeah. uh, athleticism and that skill set that we have. Um, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm not the best rugby league player, so I, I shouldn't talk <laughs> that up. But, um, you did say yeah, you were a struggling team. Yeah, that, that's right, a struggling <laughs> team. They were desperate. Desperate times, that's it. Yes, so you're right. heading over to uh, yes. WA from Kempsey, which is um, unique. Um, that that was sort of part of the employment service provider is um, hey listen we've got this you know unique role it does require you to play rugby league for a struggling team um, yes. so what did you do when you got over there is this probably your first trip interstate or sort of first time going off country Come absolutely first yep. first time off country first furthest I've ever been away never been in Western Australia before that's the first time I've been WA yep. Perth yeah. Um, so first time being independent too, moving away from family and those connections that I'm I'm so used to, yeah. and uh, fortunately we I went over with two other um, local fellas who were really good friends of mine during high school. So you know we managed to develop that relationship. You know being independent for the first time, going into a place that we weren't sort of commonly used to, and yeah. so we went over. We we played for this footy club. Uh, I think we won. We won a couple of games, probably about two or three. <laughs> um, but no, great people um, took us in. Uh, really gave us a family there and, and gave us a job. And you know, I was cleaning oil rig pipes uh, wow. initially um, yep. at a at a factory, 
And then from there, um, you know, the work ran out, I think, after about three to six months. And then I was yeah. over um, shipping containers, um, uh, to, uh, unloading shipping containers, packing them on pallets and, and yeah, popping wow. them into a warehouse yeah. uh, without, without a forklift license. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, that was... That, yeah, that's WA. It was a good experience. <laughs> that was back in 2009, brother. Yeah, yeah. And then um, after I spent 12 months in WA, I then um, we came, we myself and my two mates, we come back to Kempsey to find, that, again, that there was still nothing there, no opportunities, no local yeah, employment yeah. opportunities, no tertiary opportunities, just really yeah. nothing in terms of um, resources and uh, access uh, to you know things that you you need at that age, and yeah, um, we'd had that experience. And you know, after after spending that twelve months, I come back home. I spent probably no longer than three months um, living in Tari at the time at my dad's house, figuring yeah. out what my next next move was going to be. And um, yeah. one of the boys that we initially went over with uh, to WA, he went back over because he had a job. He got got a job in the middle of the yeah. Gibson Desert. Harvesting yep. sandalwood, yeah, out, wow. yeah, out with this mob called the Kutkubaba Aboriginal Corporation, and so yep. he'd been out there since the start of the year. And then I got a, a just a random phone call, hey Merv, uh, brother, do you want to come and um, and do some work out here in the middle of the desert, um, yep. harvesting sandalwood? And at that time, obviously, I had nothing that really on my plate, so I said, yeah. Yep. If and he he paid for my flights to go from per, uh, from Sydney oh, wow. to Perth and then yep. Perth to Waluna and the deal yep. was that I would go out there harbour sandalwood for a couple of months, uh, do the work and then I'd pay him back after I I get an income. Yeah, and yeah. so I went out there and I and um and it, it was a, yeah I paid him back, brother. <laughs> was this the black fella never ending loan? <laughs> no, not one of those ones. I definitely <laughs> paid him back. Um, yep. And um, look, I. I Quite honestly, we probably made for for two months working out in the desert. I probably made about probably close to ten to fifteen thousand dollars. And I really had, you know, when you when you're working out in the Gibson Desert like that, harvesting sandalwood, we were at an old we were at an old abandoned sheep station that yeah. would use just to um, as a campsite. And they had like um, open sheds. You know, every every night you'd wake up, you'd see dingo tracks going around the, yeah, the well. shed. You know, nothing that I was used to being yep. an East yep. Coast Koori fella growing up in a town like Kempsey <laughs> and going all of a sudden to a place out in the middle of the desert. But it was such a, uh, a beautiful experience for me to put um, my life into perspective at that yep. time, coming from um, just not having, having much to do in Kempsey but then going all the way to the middle of the desert to just uh, put things into perspective. You, like you literally... Um, you wash yourself with bore water. You have to yeah, scrub wow. your own, you know, scrub your underwear, scrub your clothes. You you, you didn't have washing machines. Um, yeah. uh, food and the refrigerator was run on generator. Yeah. Um, you know, you just don't have the necessities. I tell you that what, you- this sky night would have been absolutely amazing. Oh, it's- brother, it's like a picture picture perfect memory. I can I can see it as if it's yesterday. You can see yeah. the. Um, uh, look up and you can see this, the Milky Way and it's like it's literally incredible. just there. You can feel it, you can reach up and touch it. And that's yeah, what it was wow. like every single night. Yeah, um, I love how you said um, that you answered that random phone call because I think a lot of mob, 
it's a you know unknown number rent unknown you know uh private number i'm answering that you know and sometimes in my life um i've answered those and it's led to an opportunity um because someone might be just cold reaching out to you and that's still how the world works sometimes that that cold person reaching out might lead to something so it's always you know worth to hear someone out and even if it's something you don't pursue at least you had that you know relationship built and um so you've gone to wa is everything yep. better in wa or not uh it was to me i had a really great experience in wa yeah. i have no issues with, with the state and, and my experience there i did that yeah. at, at, at a young age so you know for me that was just like that experience that breakaway yeah. experience to yeah. um impart so so important for us mob to I think it is really. out of that familiar yes. setting and situation. Yes. And I've had some of my cousins, I'm so proud of them, but they've um, taken a contract, uh, a couple of month contract in Chinchilla, which is out west um, here in the, you know, on the East Coast. So I'm so proud of them because getting out of those circles, you then, mm. you don't have the, the, the input and the variables of different things from community, both positive and negative, because now you're actually having to discover you know what who am i you know what what mm. am i you know, what, where am i going what am i what am i doing so you finished that and did you come back to um the east coast after that what was your next yeah next movement how did yeah. how did you go from picking up harvest and wood <laughs> in, Houston, in the wild wild west to now running your own marketing and um, medical supply business how did that yeah work? so after um that time in the gibson desert i come back home i bought myself uh, a vehicle, just a second-hand vehicle to get around in. I um, I then um, spent some time with my dad a couple of weeks um, and yep. he just mentioned to me, hey, uh, son, I've got a um, a friend that I've met through works. So my dad was working for community transport for New South Wales at the time and he went yep. to this um, Indigenous conference, again, you know, just meet, meeting somebody by random chance. Yep. And this guy was from Shepherd and Uncle Corey um, he's still around. He's still here in, in the community today. He was working for an organisation called the Academy of Sport, Health and Education, who were offering um, certificates, uh, tertiary courses yeah. Yeah. Uh, in sport and recreation for um, Aboriginal people within Shepparton and, and, and surrounding. And so, Dad, he mentioned today that there's a course running down there in Shepparton or courses. And if he knew, knew of anybody who was interested, come down to some courses. And so, Dad just mentioned it to yeah, me. Wow. Son, why don't you go down and, and try this out? I've got a friend yep. down here that would offer you some tertiary course and, and accommodation. And so I sort of took that offer up. I ended up in Shepparton in yep. 2010. I started my certificate for of community recreation. Yep. I then graduated at the end of 2010. And then I, um, I went on after doing my um, certificate for to beginning a um, advanced diploma of community service at the local um, TAFE here in Shepparton. Um, by that time, I've already met my partner and we've we've yep. um, had our first child, um, yep. uh, our eldest son. And yep. uh, she's a uh, uh, Koori too? Yes, so she's a Gunai Kurnai woman. She's Victorian yep. traditional um, woman and um, she's basically uh, from Gunai Kurnai from down at uh, from Gippsland area, but she yep. grew up in the Shepparton area, and um, yeah, yeah. You know, she's got a big family down there in, in Gippsland. Her family's not that big up here in Shepparton, but um, th her close immediate family are, are surrounded yep. here in the Shepparton area. Yeah, and well, I'd love to come back to that if we have time about 
you know, different mob, you know, marrying into another, you know, family and yeah. some of those simulators. But yeah, continue on. So you're in Shepparton, you do the course. Was it Cert 3, did you say? Certificate 4 Community Rec. Certificate 4, yep. And then went on to start, begin the Advanced Diploma of Community Service. And then, yep. brother, it was in the second year of my Advanced Diploma of Community uh, Services that, you know, I lost, I got a phone call, you know, I lost my father to a sudden heart attack, which, you know, was a very difficult time for me, you know, especially yeah, as you were going close home. to your father, weren't you? They're extremely close, which you know. Is, um, in our communities, um, having that father-son connection is, um, one, it's rare, you know, and two, um, when it when it does, you know, happen, it's 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 one of the most important factors for our young men, isn't it? It is, brother. And I always felt very fortunate to have, have my father because... I don't know if I've ever told you this. My mother, my birth mother, passed away um, when I was one years old, and so yeah. she just suddenly fell asleep and and didn't wake up. And so my father was stuck with three children on his own. It was my oldest brother, my middle sister, and then there was me. I was the baby of the family, and so yeah. my dad was all of a sudden stuck with three children. And you know, obviously, would have probably done it pretty tough back then, but yeah. you know, he walked through it. And um, your, your dad was uh, Dungari. Yes, that's right, Dungari. Yeah, Dungari yeah. man, yeah. So you got a single father who's a black fellow raising three children. I think your dad needs a medal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 No, he, he was so a very. Awesome. My memories of my father was that he was a very supportive, a very loving father. Um, was always there, no matter what um, situation that I was in. I can, I knew that I can always turn to my father. He was always going to solve the issue or solve the problem. So, But all of a sudden, you know, um, what became a difficult time for me, losing my father in such a sudden way yeah. was that I realised that I had no no one to turn to anymore, you know, and I this is my chance now to grow up and become a man because yeah. I, I leaned on my father for a lot and, you know, I it definitely hit me hard because being yeah. a young man but also being a young father myself and, you know, wanting my, my newborn son to have that influence that I had yeah. But little did I know later on that I can pass that influence on to him through yeah. um, myself. And so I've been able to do that. And now it's been 10 years on uh, nearly from my father's um, passing. Yeah. So obviously I'm in my second oh, year. I'm so now. proud of you, Mervyn. You, you've accomplished so much. And, you know, I think you've got so much to give to our, our mob and community with that story because, you know, a lot of mob might not know their father growing up. And so, but to have your father and then lose your father, who's your connection point and anchor to community and heritage and ancestry, like that's just like incredible that you kept yourself going. So proud of you. So yeah, but keep going. You, so yeah. You know what? One thing that stood out for me, brother, and it's what my father always said to me. And um, he, he always told me one thing and it really stuck with me my whole life. And I hope that this can help anybody who's listening. And that is, he's always said, son, no matter what, have a go. And yeah. that has always stuck with me, have a go. Yeah. And no matter what I did in life, whether it be school or sports, yeah. he'd just say that to me, you know. I didn't have to be the best um, or the, the biggest dude on the on the rugby team, but as long as I had a go, you know, he just wanted to see me have a crack. And so yeah. that stuck with me, and that's the reason why I guess I've gotten to the point where I am today is that that stuck with me, have a go. So um, after I, I, I managed, so this, this same year, so I managed to get through my um, advanced diploma of, um, community services. I graduated yeah. in 2012. 
And then, you know, around Shepparton, I never really had a stable job, but would have periods of sort of full-time and part-time employment in various yeah, roles. Yeah, such as, in rural communities is, is pretty much the trend, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I had, you know, support worker role. You know, I set up a homework uh, uh, centre at a local co-op. I was a housing support worker at some point in a full-time role. You know, I did some youth work in, a, in another part-time role, um, you know, but then all of a sudden... I sort of woke up one day and had an idea of attending uni to do a business course. Yep. And so I signed up for a Bachelor of Business at the lo- local um, Latrobe University in Shepparton. Yep. And then after four years of part-time and full-time study, I graduated my uh, Bachelor of Business and became yep. the Shepparton Good, uh, 2017 Campus Valedictorian, yep. you know, yep. where, where I had the opportunity to deliver a keynote. And, you know, I, I thanked my father and attributed my success to that course to the way you know, my father raised me and, and taught me growing up. And did you, and then, did you record that keynote? Is that recorded? I do actually have a video, brother, and um, I've shared it, it on social media a couple of I'd years ago. I'd love to um, add that as a link to this um, episode so people can um, hear that if, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely, brother. Yeah, yeah I can send yeah, it up. We'll do that. Yeah, excellent. So you come um, business degree uh, and you, you've graduated, which is just fantastic seeing more mob go through that process, especially if you've gone from, uh, you know, playing sport to then out bush working a few jobs in the community service, and then you've gone into business. Mm. I think that's such an advantage when you, I, I had to make sure when I was doing Bunjil and, um, and the consulting stuff I do now is that I still have to be involved in community, whether that's a community sports carnival mm. or, a, you know, no Murray, you know, no dairy for this Murray, you know, event where yeah. there's, you know, health events or something like that. I just have to be, on your finger on the pulse because for our community, yeah, it's not a straight you know, straight path for a lot of people. And even like you're saying, so many losses and so many things happening, you're still having to keep pushing through and uh, mm. putting that hard work and, and that belief in, you know, yourself mm. and, and, you know, the way you're made to actually accomplish it. Um, you know, coming into what you said about, you know, we've got Claystone Marketing, Digital Medical Supply. So you've come out, you've got uni, and I think a lot of people when they come out of uni, like, all right, I've got my certificate, I'm trained, mm. I'm ready to go. You know, yes. also they start trying to start a business. How, how was that for you where you're like, where do I even start, you know? Yeah, so, brother, I had 11 months at a local water authority straight out of uni and it was in a, yeah. and it was in a graduate role. And, you know, to me, for, for me it was almost a hellish ex- experience. It just yeah. slowly gradually dissipated and, and just I couldn't, I couldn't, um, I was in a very um, out of you know a fish out of water environment. Um, so, you know, the organisation I felt was tr- obviously trying to make um, a commitment to yep. uh, employment of uh, yep. local Aboriginal people, but I just felt like it was a different story when you're on the inside, and uh, I, you know, it was a very difficult um, out of fish experience out-of-water experience with me. And so I just, you know, after 11 months, I sort of at that point, you know, in the background, you know, at home working eight hours, I just decided, no, I've been working on this business plan now. I don't want to keep going down this route of being employed. I want to be self-employed. And I I just, I guess I developed that attitude to really want to give um, Claystone Marketing and and Indigenous Medical which were business plans at the time, um, really good crack and so I launched uh, Claystone Marketing Indigenous Medical Supplies in 2018 
yeah. both both companies both are 100 aboriginal owned yeah. um Stone marketing is a uh, one-stop marketing consultancy for all your organization strategic uh, needs we have the range of services there via the website and then indigenous medical supplies it's 100 percent aboriginal owned uh it, it is a uh medical device hand and hygiene ppe and COVID 19 supplier to achos or ams's other medical centers pay hospitals and workplaces yeah that's fantastic bro and um how did you go at the start you know for me um i'm often critical or, or doubtful when you know people are doing two things at once but i'm finding more and more as the market shifts and changes and uncertainty is the new normal <laughs> yeah. that being versatile and flexible flexible is actually one of the most important factors you know for for instance when you know coming out of bunjul um, i still had a lot of requests and it's, it's like entrepreneurship 101 if someone needs help with something and i can help them with that and then they reuminate reuminate me i can't even say it today if they pay me for that then um I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business owner. And I think that's that's a, such a core, you know, such a simple um, principle. You know, same with people, you know, little kids selling lemonade. You know, people drive past, they're thirsty, they buy lemonade and they thirst is quenched or they're probably still thirsty because they've got loads of sugar. But um, that's the whole thing. And I think more and more now we're seeing mob like yourself say, okay, this is what I do. Here's, here's a, a low mo- margin, safe, ongoing um, arm of my business where I'm helping mob plugged in but then here's another one where it's more project to project or you know we've got you know got to deliver x amount of the goods for here and so you're actually diversifying across the two and, and making it income and it's you know for a lot of us mob it's not making like bank you know we're going to go buy houses in um turak but it's it's enough to keep us busy and be involved in our own like you just said about going to work and it was just like a grind and you could feel your soul you know, <laughs> slowly mm. imploding. And so some of us, I think, aren't built for that. And I, th- I think a lot of Aboriginal people, and I was saying it on someone else's podcast the other day, is I think a lot of us Aboriginal people um, are called to steward country and the land, which involves a very entrepreneurial approach and how we manage that sustainably. So I think a lot of mob won't find that gratification in, in a nine-to-five job. Um, as opposed to running their own tours, business, food truck, you know, events, business, you know, supply, um, that sort of thing. You know, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think about um, getting, you know, mob to think, hey, you know, maybe business and then through being educated and and, and all on the job experience as opposed to just going to get a, you know, a safe job? Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, business for me definitely provides a channel to be independent. Um, but then I would say, you know, attitude's a big part of it. If you don't have the right attitude towards what it is that you're committed to, then, you know, you're going to come up with um, circumstances where you're either distracted or um, you don't really know what the motivation is that's driving you. And I think the, the, the thing about me is that I quickly understood early on what my motivation was, particularly for the two companies that I had. So with Claystone Marketing, um, throughout my university course, I quickly developed or reignited that passion for creativity that I knew I had when I was a child. I was very, very creative individual. I would do things um, and create artwork and uh, come up with ideas and, and just be a thinking machine. And so when I 
took the, the marketing subjects through university, I realized that, hey, this is a skill set that I have. Let's keep working on this skill set. Let's yep. be strategic and let's be creative. Let's bring that now yep. to a platform where you can help your own people. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough to be working with yourself in the early phases of Clay Same Marketing. Um, Dwayne Good from In Travel Group. Uh, again, I was going to say, I was, yeah. did I get the title of your first customer or was that um, Dwayne Good? It, it's Dwayne Good from oh, In Travel Group. No. That, was, that was the first opportunity that was provided to me. Um, yeah. And that was an experience for me to learn and I was so fortunate enough to not only get to see um, just Dwayne, the man, um, yep. do the things that he did Dwayne within his business and, yep. and just make the decisions that he made and just see the way he handles himself. Really yep. good salesman, uh, really good skill set. Surprisingly to me, had really good knowledge knowledge within the marketing uh, sphere. Yep. And then, yeah. and then you get to see other Aboriginal businesses that you work with in the initial stage and then get to learn from them and yeah. be supported by them but also yeah. um, get that experience on the ground and, and learn on the go as you go, as you develop that business. Yeah. And so I had that through Claystone Marketing and then through Indigenous Medical Supplies. So yeah. just going back to Claystone Marketing, so it's that passion, you know, that, that skill set that I developed and honed in on and practised yeah. and continue to practise through the work. And then with Indigenous Medical Supplies, I gave you that, obviously, the story of how I lost my father. That void that was in me that needed to be filled was um, the reason why I um, went through with the business plan of Indigenous Medical Supplies when I initially yeah. Yeah. tried to set this company up. It was simply... And I would explain it to a lot of people. All I want to do is create a commercial business that gives back yeah. or makes a, makes, a, makes a contribution to yeah. closing the gap in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health. And yeah, fortunately exactly. enough, I get the opportunity to do that through Indigenous Medical Supplies. So I'll just go back to what we were initially talking about. And that is if you don't have the right attitude, if you don't have know what your motivation is, if you don't... Yeah. In this instance, for me, it's motivation for change and to develop myself and to push myself and challenge myself. You're just simply not gonna, you're not gonna cut it, or you're not gonna be able to last. That I like sense. how you say it. it's that honesty. I think for a lot of our mob, to you know, following Dwayne, um, or especially in our early days at Bunjil, we were going at 150. percent You know, we we're going at 120 miles an hour, and um, Dwayne who operates at the same pace, and both. Dwayne and myself come from private sector. So that was your expectation. That was the, the rhythm and the tempo. Mm. And it's, you know, nothing to do with, I think, our culture. Blah, ah, that's, yeah, white fella way doing that, you know. But, you know, when we're burning off and we're chasing ruse and we're hunting <laughs> and we've got, you know, trade routes and issues with neighbouring tribes, we're not taking our time. It's very serious. And there's I think there's seasons and times in our life to be busy, to be fast to be active responsive and there's also the balance of kicking back and relax and soaking in country or mm. whatever we're doing and so finding that balance but i think especially when you came into the 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 scene um with claystone marketing um and blackfellas are such natural storytellers anyway you know they could just pull you know one little thing that happened into this big story and so it's i think a lot of um you know blackfellas across country is so good at that second to none and so t tapping in, and I love you to share on before we go into the last question is about, you know, you're, you're saying no to a lot of things. I know now um, mm. just personally, um, 
because you're talking about focusing and honing in and on what is important in your skill sets and values as a customer, as like in a customer and in, in a deal. You know, I'm sure you could like many mob. There's so much opportunity due to IPP social procurement and just with other mob yeah. in the community. So what you know, what would you your advice be to saying no to things for mob? And then also discovering what, you know, two, three things they're really good at and that they should just continue to double down on that. Yeah, so great question. I've had the experience of the, temp the temptation to do and, and look at opportunities outside of just closed-end marketing and Indigenous medical supplies. Many, many instances where I've had just random either black followers or um, non-Indigenous people reach out um, and have me to have a look at uh, what other opportunity that they had uh, on offer for me to be involved with. I think there was one instance, I remember when I called you up, there was a guy, uh, organisation in Sydney, I called you up in regards to this and we, we yeah. spoke about it and they were looking to start a cleaning company, a joint venture. Yeah. And I had one meeting with these guys and then after that meeting I walked away and I said, and, you know, obviously very tempted to have a look at that as, a, yeah. as an alternative because... You know, when you go through a struggling situation where you're trying to develop your own businesses, it's easy yeah. to get sidetracked and distracted. And especially, I was talking to another Aboriginal leader, when we've come from impoverished circumstance and low socioeconomic conditions, and this is a good one for Mob to have that insight and our second people, Australian people to understand, when you come from that situation and you're getting established in your personal equity, um, building a future for your family and someone comes up to you and says hey listen I'll give you 100k a year and we say it's a black business you show up to a few events you smile you wave you know smile and wave boys um, <laughs> that's um, it's hard because you, you know you obviously have your culture and stuff but you have to put bread on the table so a lot of mob do struggle with that and have succumbed to then black cladding because they mm. need to pay their bills you know they don't want to be another you know follow down at, at the uh, you know center link line so but yeah, mm. you, you go on and say, you know, keep sharing. Yeah, but, so, yeah, it comes, you're actually exactly right. It comes down to an ethical decision that you need to make, and it also comes down to a um, uh, a decision on 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 your commitment to what your where your hands are already full. And so I made that decision with Claystone Marketing, fortunately, very early on, that this is what I wanted to do, yeah. and this is what I will do. And nothing will stand in my way and nothing will stop me. And so you talk about me being focused, brother, and you, we've had conversations over the last uh, few months about that focus. And that focus is so honed on developing uh, Indigenous medical supplies in Claystone marketing. They're both 100% Aboriginal-owned businesses. I have full control into where I lead these companies and that's all I want to focus on. I've seen the growth in both of those businesses over the last yeah. 18 months. It's unbelievable to where we were 18 months ago to where we are now, and it is yeah. fully and completely attributed to my commitment, my commitment yeah. and um, and not being distracted yeah. and um, just focusing, and, and that's what I've been able to do to really turn the tables. And I think my advice there is if you're an Aboriginal entrepreneur, you have an idea, you've got a business, keep developing, keep going, keep striving, don't stop. Um, it's okay to look at um, what those distractions are or other alternative yeah. opportunities. Have a look at them, get advice, get peer support. I do that with you, yeah. brother. I'll call up my um, uh, peers. 
I will yeah. get advice on what and what and ask ask them specifically what are your thoughts on this, yeah. and then it just really helps. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you're talking to. At the end of the day, it's your decision. You have to make the decision on where you want to go and what you want to do. And that's what I've managed to do. And I make a stance on that's on good. what I am focused on and what I'm doing for the next for, for my lifetime. And yeah. so through Claystone Marketing and Business Medical Supplies, it's it's just clear to me of exactly what I want to do. And there's no no chance of any kind of um, op- joint venture opportunity that's yeah. going to come my way. That's going to and I'd love to uh, you know we talk uh, when we get because I plan on getting everyone back eventually. You know, a handful of you know people coming back. I call it something like the callback or something. Um, but sharing on how you've divided up that time and. And you know, worked on both, but then also making sure you're not overworking yourself or dividing it. But it's so good you said about focus because it is today's you know social media and you know things like LinkedIn where people are sharing accomplishments or achievements. Sometimes if you're really trying to get up and going, it's it's really disheartening because you're like, oh, look at these fellas up here doing this, doing that, you know, and I'm here, you know, doing nothing, you know, <laughs> or getting rejected. And so it's about, and it's really hard too with trauma where you're like that guts getting trigger. You know, fear of rejection, you know, racism, being excluded, all those things might come up in someone's, you know, um, being where that's they've got to overcome that as well as overcoming whatever task they're looking for. But last question, brother, um, you know, where where are you yourself? You sort of answered a little bit there, but in the next ten years, you know, where where will you be personally, and what do you think about this whole you know indigenous business sector? But we have more, we have less, you know, will it be more complex? Um, yeah, would you like to share a bit about your vision and what we, you know, if you had a crystal ball, what would it look like? So for me, I have specific goals. I, I um, There's a couple of things that I want to accomplish within 10 years. So in 10 years, my aim is to, is to develop the Claystone marketing portfolio and then look to sell it. And um, that's something that I, I aim to do because I've got two businesses and at some point, brother, you know, one's got to go in order for me to put my 100% um, time and effort into the other. And um, with Indigenous Medical Supplies, I feel it is a bigger platform for me. Yeah. And obviously knowing my story now, my aim is to continue to grow this business and hopefully make more contribution in the areas of Indigenous health inequality yeah. So after losing my father to heart disease, you know, a completely preventable disease, I know, I know that more needs to be done, and not yeah. just in the area, not just in that area, but other areas of Indigenous health. You know, the last uh, eighteen months we've been mani- we've been working with Aboriginal community controlled health organisations from all yeah. across the country, supporting them with their PPE, COVID nineteen, and hand and hygiene supplies. Now, yeah. in most, in typically in most instances, these um, ACHO healthcare services um, yep. would be working with one primary supplier, and then after, yep. and then um, um, and they'd probably they'd be uh, in most cases they'd be working with the supplier for more than t- on average twenty plus years. Um, yep. Their current supply chain channels don't uh, are restrict uh, in most cases are restricted, so they're they're not getting access to the full range of PPE, COVID nineteen, okay. hygiene supplies. Yep. Hence the, hence the reason why we've sort of gone that route uh, in terms of our category focus. And so yeah. we're supporting our ACHO healthcare services and supporting communities across the country. And so, you know, making that major contribution in that yeah, space, wow. continuing to do that is something that I aim to do. And I know we're making a major 
major impact. So I can I hope yeah. that I can continue to do that. Um, I hope that in ten years, you know, my eldest son will be working for me in one of these businesses, yeah. and I I also hope to uh, own my own home within ten years, which I know yeah. is highly achievable. And I also have a, a goal to one day be able to purchase a home for each of my eight brothers and sisters. So, you know, that's yeah, something wow. I would love to do. And I could hope that I can do that within 10 years, just change that into, you know, intergenerational um, uh, direction for my family and, and hopefully Definitely create, right. create pl a platform that yeah, leads sure to a better future. There, yeah. Definitely will. And I look forward to I'll be able to come to your flash house and, uh, <laughs> tea and a few scotches, so. too easy brother no right. so, thanks so much for coming on i really appreciate it um you know if anyone needs you know merv's details uh you search him on linkedin or claystone marketing um just medical supplies you can get in contact if you need any support also merv's you know really deadly at helping organizations i find big organizations like you said trying to reach out to community and how they do that culturally but with um you know results merv is uh obviously amazing at that as well. So thanks so much for coming on, brother. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you, brother. Thank you.